Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson here inside Studio B at the Auctioner Sports Performance Center. Happy Saints game day to everyone. I know everyone's gearing up for the big game tonight at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome between the New Orleans Saints and the Washington Redskins. Both teams with just one loss. Saints 3-1 and one on the season. The Redskins have already had their bye, so fresh legs and ready to go as they are 2-1, and one, including their big win over the Green Bay Packers before the bye week, of course. Tonight, we're going to witness some history. Knock on wood, Drew Brees just 201 yards away from passing Peyton Manning on the all-time yardage list. So he'll be basically the greatest passer of all time. That's pretty much sums it up. As Drew Brees, again, 201 yards. I'm curious to see when it happens. I don't know if there's anything out there as far as when they might project it to happen, whether it's, you know, could be at the end of the first half, which you don't want to pause the game when it's under a two-minute mark. But also maybe in the third quarter, maybe the game's already out of hand where the Saints are winning by double digits. And maybe it'll happen where they can pause and take a moment and let Drew Brees wave to the crowd and congratulate him. Um, but it should be a, a fun night at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Everyone in hand will be witnessing history, which is really cool. And then, of course, the return of Mark Ingram is something to talk about. Of course, he has been suspended for the first four games. He is ready to roll. I know Alvin Kamara is happy to have his running mate back there as the Saints again look to go to 4-1 and one before their bye week and then two challenging games on the road after that at Baltimore and at the Minnesota Vikings. Speaking of the Vikings, what a win for them yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles, getting their revenge after last year's NFC Championship game. Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen, that's been a nice connection for them so far. And the defending champs now 2-3 and three on to the season the NFC South, the Buccaneers had a bye, but the Falcons continue their woes. 41-17 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, now in last place in the division. And how about the Panthers coming back to beat the New York Giants on a last-second field goal by Graham Gano, 63 yards. The Panthers hanging within one loss away from the New Orleans Saints, but the Saints can still lead the NFC South with a win tonight. So, of course, on Monday's show, we usually have John the Shazer on, but we're usually recapping the game instead of previewing a game. But since it is Monday Night Football, we'll have J.D. Agon JD on again, excuse me, John the Shazer from NewOrleansSaints.com, as he will help us preview Saints and the Redskins. Uh, I also want to talk about the Pelicans a little bit right now, and I want to give a shout-out to all the fans that attended yesterday's open practice. I was there to see almost 7,000-plus fans fill up that lower bowl. It was an exciting Open practice, a lot of alley-oop dunks, a lot of threes, and a lot of fun. Did you all see Anthony Davis kind of get the rookies to do a dance-off at the end? Some guys, pretty, pretty good. Other guys, ugh, don't quit your day job there. I can't talk. I'm the worst dancer in the world, but um, some of it was pretty pretty funny. Brandon McCoy and Frank Jackson with the ultimate dance-off at the very end. And if you missed it, you can always log on to pelicans.com or the mobile app. But again, a really great turnout. It was a beautiful Sunday. Um, in the Crescent City, but the fact that 7,000-plus turned out it was the largest attended open practice in franchise history. So a huge shout-out. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday talked about it after, which, again, you can watch on pelicans.com as well. Um, they were just ecstatic by the turnout, and uh, let's keep it going. Thursday's the first preseason game for the Pelicans as they take on the Toronto Raptors. It's the first and last preseason game for New Orleans, and then they'll uh, take on the Houston Rockets next Wednesday in the regular season opener at Houston. Of course, we'll talk more about that on next Monday's show, but the Pelicans are on a back-to-back -back as well. They'll travel tomorrow to Miami 
and we'll take on the Heat Wednesday and then again Raptors on Thursday, and that will wrap up the preseason for the Pelicans. So, man, we're almost here, less than 10 days away um, from Pelicans regular season basketball, and I am so pumped for the regular season, kind of ready for preseason to end a little bit, you know, just saying. As much as I like to see the basketball, I think it's time we move on to the regular season when the games count. But still, nonetheless, we'll focus primarily on Saints today. Of course, it's Saints-Redskins at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And my interview with John DeShazer starts right now. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. As I mentioned, joining me now is John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. He's gearing up for tonight's game between the Saints and the Redskins Monday Night Football. J.D., uh, I think ESPN got it right picking this game for the Monday Night Showdown just based on, one, the fact that Breeze is going for the record, but still a very good matchup tonight between the Saints and the Redskins. Yeah, I think the schedule makers did a really nice job, you know, just going by the statistical analysis of when it might happen and, and schedule it's Monday Night Football. And, you know, yeah, they timed it out just right. But Drew Brees is a guy who, who has lived for the moment, for this moment, has has uh, kind of, I don't want to say structured his career around it, but he really has made a career out of, you know, proving people wrong and extending his career and saying, I'm, I'm better than, than what people think. So, it just happens to fall at the perfect time, and uh, the schedule makers hit it, hit a home run on this one. What does it mean to him and the and the Saints organization the fact that Mr. Breeze is going to most likely get this record tonight um, in a black and gold uniform? Well, I mean, it's got to be a sense of pride. I mean, any athlete has has an ego. I mean, you don't do it just all for team. I mean, you do it for some personal gratification too, and and to have an opportunity to be atop the all time NFL list for a category, whether it's, you know, completion percentage, which he already is, whether it's total completions, which it already is. But now to have the passing yards, to be on the cusp of being the all-time leading passer in the NFL in terms of yards is significant because we're talking about a guy who, uh, again, has been somewhat uh, undervalued or maybe underrated, you know, for a long time. I mean, you know, he's shorter than you'd like. He's six foot. Uh, He isn't as athletic as you'd like, you know. But he's just been efficient, and he's just been churning out numbers. And as as much as anything, too, he's been durable, and he's been really effective during that long span of time. It's one thing to to last for a long time. It's another thing to be at the top of your game for a long time. I mean, you can argue that Drew Brees has been at the top of his game uh, literally for you know a fifteen to you know fourteen fifteen year span, and that's hard to do in any sport, especially football. Let's talk about his journey, J.D., the fact that, you know, he was drafted by the Chargers. Um, then he had that massive shoulder injury, and then I think he didn't know that where he would go next, what team was going to pick him up and take that risk that that shoulder might ever recover. And then the Saints ended up picking him up, and then it was all uphill for him from there. Um, I don't know how many people saw this coming from him being the top quarterback um, maybe of all time, but what, what about his journey going back that impresses you so much about how he's played over the years? Well, I'll answer that last part for you. Nobody saw this coming. And, I mean, you know, I think the most impressive thing is just his ability to will himself to be the player that he's been. Look, when Drew Brees had that shoulder surgery, that shoulder injury, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to be what he has has eventually turned out to be. And, look, 
I don't know. Now, the Saints knew the severity of the injury, and they knew Dr. James Andrews said, you know, I can fix it. But even Dr. Andrews didn't know if Drew Brees was going to be able to play quarterback in the NFL again. And certainly, I think if Saints fans had known at the time the severity of the injury, they would have been like, hey, what are you signing this guy for? You remember Miami uh, failed him physically because the Dolphins under Nick Saban did not believe Drew Brees was going to be able to recover from that shoulder injury. So, you know, all, all, all really credit goes to him for his ability to really will himself through it. And even he admits, you know, there were times where he kind of didn't necessarily know, you know, if he was going to come through and see the other side of it. And uh, I know Sean Payton has told the story numerous times where, you know, they were in training camp and the only guy who had had any experience dealing with Drew Brees on any level was Pete Carmichael, uh, who's now the Saints offensive coordinator, but he was the quality control coach as well as an assistant receivers coach in San Diego uh, when Brees was with the Chargers. And, and, and Peyton will look at him and say, okay, is, is this what we're looking for? You know, what, what do you see? He's telling Pete Carmichael, basically, you know, quizzing him every day, when are we going to see the guy that we signed? And Carmichael was saying, you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And finally, you know, Drew got to the point where he was back to his old self. But I don't know that anybody knew that he was going to be able to recover to the degree that he has. So I think the biggest thing he has is a huge belief in himself, which every elite athlete has, but the ability to really put that belief to the test and and compartmentalize it and turn it into performance. Uh, he's he's I think one of the biggest things I can say about him is something that Jim Morris said up about Sam Mills. We all used to always you know ask him about Sam Mills and whether Sam Mills was the biggest overachiever Jim Moore has ever seen. And Jim Moore would always answer and say no. Sam uh, Sam Mills is the player who I believe has best reached his potential, has has best you know, utilize his abilities when he was talking about Sam Mills. And I think Drew Brees falls into that category. Uh, he's a guy who has best utilized what he has been given and maxed it out uh, to, to the utmost to, to be where he is right now, Daniel. I'm trying to figure out, J.D., how he's going to react tonight when the record is broken, just because we know the type of guy that Drew Brees is. Not sure he really wants all that attention that will be brought to him when that record happens, of course, obviously, if it's under the two-minute mark or whatever, I don't think there's really going to be any stoppage at that point. But how do you think he's going to react to this, knowing the type of player he is, whether he breaks in the second quarter or maybe beginning of the third? What do you think his emotions are going to be tonight? I think he's going to be quick wave, let's acknowledge it, and let's get back to the game. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, on offense, unless it's a touchdown, unless it's a touchdown throw, you're talking about the stoppage of game. And so now you're talking about, you know, maybe – you know, hindering the drive that the Saints are in. So do you really want to upset the rhythm of the drive uh, where they might be potentially going for a touchdown or a field goal? So I know Drew Reed, you know, he's a guy who's all about the business at hand. He, you know, he's going to want to get that over as soon as possible because he doesn't want to get out of rhythm, uh, especially if you're in the middle of a touchdown drive. Now, if the Saints are up, you know, 28 nothing, you know, you know, not wood, then, yeah, maybe you take a little bit longer to acknowledge it. But if it's, you know, if it's a tight game, you know, obviously he's got to be on offense to break it. Or, you know, he, he's going to want to keep the thing going and keep the drive moving if, if it's not uh, the result of a touchdown. Uh, what's being overshadowed, rightfully so, is, of course, the return of Mark Ingram, just based on, obviously, the Drew Brees uh, moment tonight. But, uh, J.D., talk about Mark Ingram and his return and how that affects, one, the carries for Alvin Kamara and just kind of how they balance those two out. Is it basically just like what's going to be last year, how they those two were managed, or do we see things differently just based on how Alvin Kamara has been this year? 
No, I think they want to get back to last year's balance between the two, and they and they need to get back to that. I mean, Alvin Kamara last year in 16 games, or really 15 games, because he, you know, he was knocked out of the Atlanta game early in, in the, on the first drive with a concussion. But you know, for for historical perspective, 16 games last season, he had 201 touches. Uh, that's right around 13 per game. Uh, this year, through four games, he's got 91 touches on offense. That's 23 per game. Uh, he's already on a pace that just isn't conducive to keeping him fresh this season. And one of the reasons he was able to, to have only 201 touches last year and stay fresh the entire season and be the NFL rookie, offensive rookie of the year, is because of marking presence as a runner and as a receiver. Uh, you can share the workload between them. So having Mark Ingram back, you know, one of the guys who is happiest to see him is Alvin Kamara. Uh, one, because it lessens his load to keep them fresh, and two, because they love the guy. They love having him around. But, Mark, you don't love you don't just love having the guy around because he's a good guy. He better be a pretty good football player, too. And Mark Ingram is a really good football player. So to have him back, I don't know if he's going to immediately jump into that distribution that they had last year, but certainly you feel more comfortable about it having Mark Ingram back. I was about to ask you, as far as the workload tonight, do you see maybe not as balanced as you might see maybe come after the bye week, just based on the fact that Ingram missed the first four games? You don't know how much he's been conditioning. I'm sure he's been working out, um, you know, at home or whatever. But do you see maybe tonight that Alvin gets maybe a little bit more of the workload, just depending on how, how ready Mark Ingram is for tonight? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't balance because, you know, even though he's been out the four, the four weeks, it's the offense he's been in his entire NFL career. So he jumps back in. He knows the offense. Uh, he's fresh-legged uh, because he hadn't taken any hits. So I think he'll jump back in immediately, and I think he'll be ready to go. Again, you know, it depends on maybe Alvin gets into a groove and maybe, you know, Coach Payton doesn't want to take Alvin Kamara out. But certainly I can see Mark Ingram jumping back in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped back in. Now, are they going to do that? I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't come out with, you know, maybe 12 to 15 touches uh, this his first game back and maybe Alvin Kamara, you know, maybe having 15 to 18 touches. Maybe it leans a little bit more toward Alvin, but – you know, I think Mark is ready for the low because, again, you can bring him out, feed him right now because you have the bye week that you're going into. And even if he gets nicked up a little bit or if, even if he's a little bit sore, he's got the time to work it out. But he's certainly had four weeks off, and, and it's not like the offense has significantly changed in his absence. So I think he'll be ready to jump in and go. It's just a matter of what kind of rhythm they can get with him out there. Ted Ginn is out tonight for the New Orleans Saints. So, J.D., I'm assuming Traquan Smith gets a little bit of that workload. Um, what have you seen from Traquan for the first four weeks that has you intrigued for tonight against the Redskins? Well, mostly we have to lean back to what we saw in, in preseason and training camp because he hadn't gotten a whole lot of work and a whole lot of touches uh, during the first four games. So hopefully, you know, the guy that we saw in training camp who was making acrobatic catches and who was getting open, you know, hopefully he'll be that guy now. But here's the, the, the other benefit is Cameron Meredith looks to be about 100%. He's beginning to look like the guy that the Saints signed as a restricted free agent from Chicago and I think that bodes well, too. But if you want somebody to be able to get deep, I think that's going to be Traquan Smith more so than Cameron Meredith or Michael Thomas. And you always have to have that deep stretch to kind of take the top off the defense. And hopefully that's something that Traquan Smith can give you. You know, if you if you just allow the defense to roll up and compact the field, it's going to be difficult to get those underneath routes. It's going to be difficult to run the football. So you've got to have somebody who can slice through. And I think Traquan Smith, is able to do that. Now, whether or not he's going to be able to do that against the, the Redskins, we'll see. Yeah, but he does seem to have some of those abilities. I know Michael Thomas 
probably a little bit faster than people want to give him credit for, so he might give you something there. And let's not forget Ben Watson on some seam routes. That might help also because you've got to be able to loosen up that Washington defense and make those guys play on it. I'm glad you brought up the Washington defense because I want to touch on them next just based on the numbers. I haven't really had a chance to watch them. I know they had the big win against Green Bay before their bye week. They're 2-1, and one, wins against Arizona and Green Bay, but a loss, of, I would say a bad loss to Indy at home, 21-9. to nine. But J.D. numbers-wide is only allowing 289 yards per game, rushing yards just 90 and passing yards 199. Um, what have you seen from the Washington defense that – you know, doesn't make. I'm not saying makes you nervous, but what what do you see out of the Washington defense that maybe will scare you a little bit? Well, it does make you nervous a little bit because mm-hmm. they get after the quarterback. I think they've got seven sacks and three interceptions here in, in the first three games for them. So, you know, they get after the quarterback. They make it uncomfortable. They don't let you run the football much. They don't let you throw it well. I think opponents are only completing maybe 61% of their passes against them. So they don't let you have a whole lot uh, offensively. They make you work for it. And so one of the things that the Saints are going to have to do is they're probably going to have to be patient. And two, they're going to have to get some third down conversions. Obviously, you know, that's always key in every game. You got to have, you know, got to have some third down conversions. You got to keep the chains moving because you want to keep that defense on the field and maybe wear them down. They have not been a defense that has given up big plays. They make you chip away. And, you know, the theory being, you know, if you've got to have a constant stream of 14, 15 play drives, somewhere during those drives you would probably self-destruct so that's the way Washington's played it it's been successful for them so far this year hopefully the Saints will be the ones that can that can get the cheat code on it and break it and former Saints running back Adrian Peterson makes his return to the Superdome JD against the Green Bay Packers 19 carries 120 yards two touchdowns AP has looked pretty good for three games so far with Washington yeah, he's a guy who he, he was in phenomenal shape when he was with the Saints last year. The offense just was not a good fit for him. Uh, now this offense with Washington is a better fit for him because, one, Washington runs the football. They run for about 138 yards a game. That's fifth most in the league. Uh, two, Washington likes to play ball control. Washington uh, has time of possession of 33 minutes and 31 seconds a game. That's second most in the league. So basically they like to churn it out. Uh, it allows them to shorten the game. They keep your offense on the sideline where their, their offense is on the field. And so basically they speed up your process because you get out there, your possessions offensively decrease, and now you need to do more with those possessions because they're decreased. So hopefully, if you're the Saints, you don't want to let Washington get ahead because they'll start eating up the clock on you, and then all of a sudden you don't get as many offensive possessions as you'd like to get and that heightens the the need to do more when you get those possessions. So hopefully the Saints are able to take a lead maybe and get in a position where they speed Washington up a little bit and get Washington a little bit out of its comfort zone because if, if, if Washington is running the football the way they like to run the football and they run it an average of 33 times a game, if they're in that vicinity, then it's probably not going to bode well for the Saints. So they need to get Washington in a position where they need to throw to play and catch up as opposed to running and eating up the clock and forcing you to speed up on offense. All right, so besides the fast start that the Saints need to get off to tonight, what are some other keys tonight for the Saints to walk away 4-1 and one heading into their bye week? Well, third down is always critical, and I mean offensively and defensively. Those are two things that they've got to be able to do. And um, I think that, you know, I think they're going to have to be able to run the football. Um, you know, I, I know that Mark Ingram is back and Alvin Kamara has had a lot of touches, but they need to be able to run the football. You're not just – obviously you want to get the record to Drew Brees. You want to get them those 201 yards. But teams have not made a, a big living off of Washington 
just throwing the football. Again, they don't let you get a whole lot of yards that way. They only give up about 188 yards a game, uh, passing yards per game. So they've been really good from that standpoint. And that's something that the Saints are going to have to be able to do efficiently, run the football to kind of keep your offense in balance. If you can't keep your offense in balance, it's always hard to win uh, in the NFL. And, and, and again, I keep mentioning it, you know, time position. If Washington's got the ball and it's a lopsided amount of time, that probably does not mean good things for the Saints unless you know the Saints have had a defensive touchdown or unless they've had a quick strike touchdown or two, which Washington generally has not allowed this season. So if the time of possession is lopsided, that probably is not going to bode well for the Saints. All right, the atmosphere should be electric tonight, of course, with Breeze chasing the record, Ingram returning, and, of course, Monday Night Football, always a great time at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. J.D. will have you covered throughout the entire day, pregame, after the game as well with Sean Kelly, so make sure you look out for his work on NewOrleansSaints.com in the mobile app. J.D., I appreciate it as always. Enjoy the game tonight, my friend. Man, I'm going to have a great time. You know, we do this for a living, but there's only a handful of times maybe in your life where you get a chance to witness something that is history. <laughs> and so we get that rare opportunity tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, soak it in, my friend. I appreciate it. And uh, before we wrap things up, a quick word from Sanderson Farms. Who do we champion at the Sanderson Farms Championship? We champion the children of Mississippi. Each year, all championship proceeds go to charities across Mississippi, including Batson Children's Hospital. Join us October 22nd through 28th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, fun, and good, honest Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for charities like Friends of Children's Hospital. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for your tickets today. All right, time to wrap things up again Stay locked in on NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app throughout the entire day. Pre-game report, John DeShazer, Mike Haas, and Sean Kelly will get you set leading up to kickoff between the Saints and the Redskins. And, of course, Sean Kelly and John DeShazer will have the post-game show presented by Verizon afterwards. And hopefully they are talking about a Saints win, which means they'll go 4-1 and one heading into the bye week. But, again, plenty to talk about tonight. As far as Drew Brees making history 201 yards away, should be an exciting time at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Assuming get there early, enjoy Champion Square, get settled in, get comfortable, and get loud. Because I'm sure it will be loud there at the Dome. All right, Sean Kelly will have a recap for you on Wednesday. Uh, he'll have the show from Miami as the Pelicans will be taking on the Heat in preseason game number four. Thanks to all those who listened today. Enjoy the day. Go Saints. And until Wednesday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue.